Well, good morning. Welcome. Welcome, church. You stand with us, uh, or you stand, and we'll sing with you. <laughs> Welcome to those who are joining us online. It's so good uh, that you're with us. We're glad you are with us, worshiping the Lord. Uh, Merry Christmas again to all of you, and I hope that you spend a really great time. And we know that after, after Christmas, a lot of us feel joyful, happy. Some of us not that happy, or I don't know where we're all at, but the Lord knows, and He's walked with us through this really tough year, amen? He's walked with us, and He's been faithful and good, um, and He's loved us with this everlasting love, and we are grateful. He's a good God. We're going to sing about Him. We're going to look to Him. Um, we do pray that this service is a, an encouragement to you and an encouragement to those who are online with us. So let's read from Psalm 96, verses 1 through 9. Let that call us to worship the Lord this morning. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the, God, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and glory are in His sanctuary. So what do we do? We ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. He is worthy. Bring an offering and coming to His courts. He wants to be with you. Bring an offering to Him and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all Lord, we are here. You are with us. You've been with us. You are with us, and you will always be with us. You will never forsake your people. You reign. And so we bring to you our burdens. We bring to you our cares. We bring to you our joys. All of it. All of it. And we say, you alone are worthy. We worship Jesus.
i
Revelation 15, verses 3 and 4. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that even through this year, the good times and the very difficult times, you are still good. You are still faithful. All your deeds are loving and just and true. Thank you that you are still God. You are still with us. You are still on your throne. See you. 
We love you, Lord. We love you. We worship you. Thank you that you've loved us first. All the glory, all the honor, and the praise be to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Good morning, it's so great to see you here today. My name is Michael and I serve with our creative team. As the year comes to an end, I usually spend time reflecting on the past year and making some resolutions and goals for the next. Now, if you're like me, I wanna let you know about two things to consider. The first is a Bible reading plan. This year as a whole church, we're going to be reading through the McShine Bible reading plan. That's spelled M-C, no. Uh, M apostrophe C-H-E-Y-N-E. It's a two-year plan to read through the whole Bible. Now, two years is a long commitment, but start by committing to read just January with us. Our teachings, worship, and devotionals will intertwine what we're reading and unite us as a church. You can get the month's guide on our website or social media this week. The second thing to consider is that groups will be launching in just a few weeks. To go with the reading plan, it helps to have a team encouraging you and talking about the readings with you. Groups are with you to support you through life's challenges. And as we look forward to 2021, they're a source of joy and growth and connection. Hope lives here. Find it in your group. You can look through the directory to find a group that's right for you at wheatonbible.org groups. There are online only options and some that will meet in person with precautions in place. If you're not sure which is right for you, you can always chat with us on our website or consider joining a life group that starts with the Rooted Experience. That's all for today. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We hope you have a happy new year. We see ourselves as the hope of the world, not because we see ourselves like that, but because God says that the church is the hope of the world. If you were with us for the Christmas services, probably you got to see this amazing video in which we remember some of the stuff that the Lord has allowed us to do and contribute to. Um, one thing that we were not able to include in that video, but that I wanted to share today with you, has to do with the Christmas store. 
Uh, that's something that we have been uh, doing for the last uh, 11 years, I believe. Um, and every time we have done the Christmas tour, the Lord uses it in amazing ways. Let me, I, I, I just want to share with you really quick why is it that we believe that the church is the hope of the world. If you're not familiar with the Christmas tour, the Christmas story is a time in which we collect gifts as a church, and then uh, Puente uh, in West Chicago uses those gifts and sells those gifts uh, to the community at a very, very dedu- uh, reduced price. And the, the profit of that goes back to Puente so we can continue serving our community. But there was one story, one event during this season that really caught our attention. One lady that uh, at the beginning of the pandemic lost her job. And not only she was the one that lost her job, but her husband lost her job. His name, her, her name is Rosa you know, kind of a popular Latino name. What is interesting about that story, though, is that she, at the beginning of the pandemic, she established a really good relationship with our caseworker at Puente, Irene, which happened to be my mom. Um, and all throughout this season, the Lord has been using that relationship to speak into Rosa's heart. When I think about that story, though, I want you to pay attention to how God pays attention to the details. So during this season, Rosa wanted to get two things for her kids. Her daughter wanted a fleece, and her uh, son wanted a skateboard. Well, it happened to be that Irene invites Rosa to the Christmas store, and guess what she found there? The very two things that she wanted for her kids. Now, that story in itself is powerful, not so much because there's a big conversion or anything like that, but because he shows you how God pays attention to the little details. And every little details reminds us of his glory, his power, and his goodness. And it reminds us that he uses people like you and me. And I want you to see that it is because God has been using your generosity. And God has been using you throughout the 2020 year that the Lord continues to be magnified and glorified through us as a church. Did you know that all of us together, including our missionaries, the usher team, tech team, worship, uh, people that work in children's ministries and youth ministries and all of our services, did you know that all together in 2020, we served more or less about 85,000 hours? That's a good number, people. Yeah, how about if you get, come on. Well, I want to invite you to continue to do that. We don't know what 2021 has for us, but I want to invite you to continue to do that. So there's a couple of things that I want you to do. Um, One, we're going to pray uh, so we finish our year well. Uh, I I want to invite you to continue to support the church financially. We are yet to accomplish uh, or reach our budget for the year. So please pray for that and please give to the church so we can continue doing the things that we have been doing. And number two, uh, I want you to consider joining and participating in some sort of ministry in the church in 2021. You want to use your talents and abilities for the glory of God and the purpose of the kingdom. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you left us here for a reason. That as much as we enjoy this and we are edified by this and we get to grow every time we gather as believers, we know that you give us this just to prepare us and equip us so we could go out again.
and love others and serve others and magnify your name. I pray, Lord, that you um, bless my brothers and sisters. We are so thankful, Lord, for the entire 85,000 hours that we have served together. That was your doing. That was your work. That was your glory. And yet, we want to do it again. And I pray, Lord, that you allow us to finish this year well. I pray, Lord, that you provide what is needed for us to uh, complete our budget, finish our budget well. I pray, Lord, that you use my brothers and sisters in amazing ways. We are so thankful that you get to use us. Or we are so thankful that you look at us and you use us. And we pray for all of this in the name of Jesus. And the church says? Amen. You can stay seated. Uh, we're going to sing a song that has been ministering to our hearts and our family. Uh, to end the year, we feel is very appropriate. Um, and would you make this your, your prayer before the Lord? Hallelujah, you are good.
Let me pray again. Lord, what a great reminder that you are not just our God, but that you are with us. What a great reminder, Lord, that uh, in 2020, you were with us, and in 2021, you will be with us. Lord, now I pray that you uh, speak into our hearts. I pray that by the power, power and the presence of the Spirit, you illuminate our minds so we learn how to remember. So we could step into 2021 hopeful. And we pray for all of this in the name of Jesus. And the church says, all right, good morning, familia. You know, this season, this week is kind of weird because it's between Christmas and New Year's. So I don't know if I should say Merry Christmas or Happy New Year's. And just in case, because I don't want to miss any of them, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You don't even know how to answer to that. Right? <laughs> That's all right. Uh, for, um, so my name is Hannibal Rodriguez, one of the teaching pastors here in the church. And I wanted to welcome you all again, uh, whether you're here or visiting, worshiping with us online. It is a pleasure and a blessing for us that we get to do this together this morning. Today, I get the privilege of preaching the last sermon of the year. And in church history, and this is not true for this church, right? But maybe. Uh, in church history, uh, usually the preachers don't like to preach this Sunday. The reason why many preachers, not in this church, don't like to preach this Sunday is because everyone is super tired. You know, you went Christmas, like in our case, we had six services, right, plus TVC. Uh, so everyone is super tired. But for the last 10 years, I think, I've always preached the last sermon of the year. Prior to preaching to you guys, when I was preaching only in Iglesia, I always preached the last sermon of the year, and I always loved it. And there's a reason for that. Because I get the privilege and the blessing to give you something to start your new year. You know, during this season, everyone is making some sort of, uh, you know, we call it New Year's resolutions. Everyone is trying to think about, you know, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, what is it that we're going to accomplish, right? Um, and I think that all of us, I think that 2020 is one of those years in which you're really looking forward to the next year. Amen? Like 2020 was hard. How many of you guys agree with that? Please raise your hand. All right, so every single one of us, I would say, whether you're here or online, every single one of us are looking into 2021 in a different way. We are all eagerly and expectantly waiting for something better. Amen? So now, a lot of people, a lot of organizations um, uh, are thinking about what we're going to do next year. How are we going to do it? What is it that we're going to accomplish? What is the vision that we need to reach? Um, what kind of disciplines we need to practice? As Christians, so usually during this season, as you just heard uh, Michael in the video, is we're thinking about spiritual disciplines as well. And I think that this thing about, the plan, uh, this thing about planning for the future is a good thing. Actually, I think that it's a biblical mandate. When you look at the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs calls us to plan for the future, right? It is uh, wise to plan for the future. You find examples of that in Proverbs 12 and 15 and 19 and 20 and 21. There's different verses there that talks about us as Christians planning for the future. There's wisdom in that. That's the positive side of that. The negative side of that, though, is that I think that sometimes we worry so much about the planning thing 
Because we want to try to control things that we might not be able to control. Actually, I think that 2020 is the best example of that. I had plans in January 2020 that never got fulfilled. I had plans at the end of 2019, visions that I had in 2019 that I wanted to accomplish in 2020, and none of that stuff happened. Part of the reason is because at the end of the day, as the book of Proverbs says, many are their plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. You know what that means? That nobody knows what is going to happen except the Lord. We could make plans and we should make plans, but only the Lord knows what would happen in 2021. So go ahead and plan, have dreams, try to execute your plans, but remember that only the Lord knows. And because only the Lord knows, then we must learn how to do something in order for us to step into 2021 well. And this is what I want to share with you today. If there's one thing that we ought to do before we step into 2021, learn how to do this. Don't forget. Remember who God is and remember what he has done. The best plan that you can have for 2021 is learning how to not forget and how to remember who God is and what he has done. And for that, we're going to look into one text, Psalm 78, and we're going to look at a fraction of it, verses 1 through 8. So could you please stand for the reading of God's word? We're going to be reading Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. If you are here with me, could you please say, I'm here. here. This is the word of the Lord. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children to the next generation, so the next generation will know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn will tell their children. Then they will put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. Lord, please speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all say, you may take a seat. Today, we're going to talk about four things. We're going to talk about uh, the need to remember the outcome t- uh, of remembering, the motivation of remembering, or to remember, and the practice of remembering. The need, the outcome, the motivation, and the practice. Let's go with the first point, um, the need of remembering. Um, the question that I'm trying to answer today is this. Why do we need the spiritual discipline of remembering? 
And what I'm going to do is, with my first point, I'm going to give you the first answer, because I think that there's two answers to this. And with my second point, I'm going to give you the second answer. The question, once again, is this. Why do we need, as Christians, if you are a Christian, to practice the spiritual discipline of remembering? And the first answer is this. In my opinion, and I'll show you in the text where I get it from, the reason why you need to learn how to remember and the reason why you cannot afford to forget is because that's how the Lord shapes your heart. That's how your heart actually changes. Jonathan Edwards, the famous American theologian, used to argue, and I agree with him, of course, that when we talk about the heart, we have to see it as this thing the Bible talks about, where you find the things that you really love, where your thinking comes from, the place that affects your emotions, and the place that affects your will. When you think of your heart, from a biblical perspective, is where you find the things that you really love, where your thoughts come from, what affects your emotions, and eventually what affects your will. That's your heart. And what I want to argue today is that the psalmist makes the case that if you want your heart to be transformed, that if you want your mind to be transformed, your emotions to be transformed, your will to be transformed, you must learn how to remember and you cannot forget. Because that shapes your heart. Where do I get that from? Well, verse 7. It says, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds. Now, I want you to pay attention to that, serve, uh, to that verse because there's a connection between not forgetting and trusting God. What is beautiful about the word trust is that it could be translated in four different ways. The root of that word could be translated in four different ways. It could be translated as trusting. It could be translated as confidence. It can be, tra- it can be translated as rest. And it also can be translated as foolishness. Actually, in the original, the word is not foolishness. It's another word, but this is a PG sermon, so I'm not going to use that word. But I find it super interesting that the psalmist is using the word trust here because he's telling us that if we want to learn how to trust God, that if we want to grow in confidence to God, that if we want to learn how to rest in God, we must learn how to remember you cannot forget because that's what shapes your heart. Interesting that if that is true, and I believe it is, then the opposite is also true. That if we don't know how to remember and we are quick to forget, that's when we do foolish things. When we remember and we don't forget, we trust, rest, and have confidence in God. When we don't remember and we forget, we do dumb things. And that's not the word either. So I want to show you what happens here when you don't remember. And I want to show you here why is it that we have to be intentional about remembering. So, for example, in verse 8, he's talking about um, the Israelites. Actually, all uh, Psalm 78 is kind of a recount of the history of the Israelites and their interaction and relationship with God. And it says that every time they forgot and they struggle remembering everything that God did, 
um, they would do things like this. Verse 8. Um, it says that they, would, that, that, they would be, that they would not be like their ancestors, and they would become a stubborn and a rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirit were not faithful to him. Notice that it says, when we forget, when we don't remember, we become rebellious people, stubborn in our hearts. It gives us another example in verses 9 through 11. He's talking about one of the tribes of, the Israel, of, of Israel. Uh, they did not keep God's covenant and they refused to obey God. Why? Verse 11 gives you the answer. Because they forgot what he had done and the wonders he had shown them. The story continues and we didn't get the chance to read all of that. But then he talks about the Israelites in Egypt. And he, and he reminds us that God performed crazy, crazy miracles. And he tells us that God always provided for them. But it also tells us that in the midst of these wonderful things that the Lord were doing, the Israelites complained. Actually, there's a section there that you can see by yourself at home. You know that the Israelites go through a Red Sea? This, that will be a crazy miracle. And three days later, they complained. Three days later, they complain. Why? Verse 42. They did not remember his power. The day he redeemed them from the oppressor. Can you see why is it that us as Christians, remembering and not forgetting is so important? It really, really, really matters that you remember, that you recount, that you think, that you go back and check what the Lord has done so your mind is affected, your will is affected, your, your emotions are affected, your heart is affected. The argument is this, that if you don't learn how to do that, you will never fully trust God. That you will never fully have confidence in God. That you will never fully rest in God. And that, that you are in great danger of doing foolish thing, things. Now there's one more thing that you got to keep in mind though. That when we remember about everything that the Lord has done, it's not just because we want to see his power. Pay attention church. Is not just because we want to see God's power. It's because we want to see his heart behind the power. It's because we want to see the character of God behind everything that he does. What keeps you trusting the Lord. What keeps you in confidence of him. What gives you rest of who he is, is not the things that he does, but his heart, who he is. And you struggle when you forget who he is. I just struggle when I forget who he is. So I was doing a self-assessment in my heart a little bit, and I want to share it with you, all right, if it's okay. And as I read this, you think it maybe, 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 just maybe, you struggle just as much. So, for example, I fear when I forget that God is powerful. I'm anxious when I forget that God is sovereign. I worry when I forget that God is wise. 
I want control when I forget that God works providentially. I try to escape when I forget that God works in and through suffering. I resent when I forget that God is timely. I seek vengeance when I forget that God is just. I lose joy when I forget that God is my Savior. I complain when I forget that God is good. I fight when I forget that God is my fortress. I can't sleep when I forget that God never sleeps. I seek for attention when I forget that God sees me. I get angry when I forget that God cares. I want more when I forget that He is sufficient. I get exhausted when I forget that He's my rest. I become arrogant when I forget that He's king and I sin and struggle when I forget that he's God. Am I the only one? Can you see why we cannot forget? Can you see why we cannot afford to forget? Forgetting shapes your heart. Remembering shapes your heart. I told you that I was going to give you two answers why I think that we cannot, that we have to remember and never forget. The first one is that one. It really shapes your heart. The second one is because this is the only way that you can face this changeable future. It is the only way that we can step into 2021. Nothing guarantees that things are going to go well. Oh, Hannibal, this is such a depressing message. No, that's the reality. Nothing guarantees that 2021 will be awesome. Therefore, we need to learn how to remember. With that then, let's go to the second point, the outcomes of remembering. And I want to give you four. There's actually more in this text, but I only have time for four because I want us to do something at the end. We must learn how to remember and not forget because that is the only way that we will worship, rest, surrender, and persevere. That is the only way in which we're going to learn to worship, rest, surrender, and persevere. Look at outcome number one. We need to remember and not forget because that's the only way we learn how to worship. We will not hide, verse 4, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. Now, parents, pay attention here because the author of the book of Psalms has two audiences in mind. One is parents. Raise your hand, please, really quick, if you are a parent. He says that your responsibility is to teach your kids and to transfer to your kids your faith. That you help them remember who God is and what he has done. Interesting, though, that he doesn't stop with parents, though. It's the church family. So everyone in this church is involved. And he tells us that our responsibility is to teach our children who God is and what he has done. Watch here. And when we do that, we can expect our children to learn how to worship. And when we do that, 
When we remember what God has done and we never forget what God has done and who he is, we learn how to worship. This is the crazy thing about worshiping, though. You must remember in order to worship, but when you worship, you learn how to trust. So if you are a worshiper by nature, which, by the way, all of us are, when you know how to worship, you worship because you remember, and when you remember, eventually you will trust. Where do I get that from? I, got that, I borrowed that from my friend C.S. Lewis. He's my friend. He died, but he's my friend. <laughs> this is what he would say, that we can only delight in something, like truly delight in something, when, uh, when we express it. So the, the example that I've used, I, I use this actually in the summer during, during our season here. He says, you could tell your spouse that you love them or you love her. If, and every time you say it, something happens in your heart. Like you believe it even more. So that's why I have an issue with someone says, I don't have to tell you that I love you. I could just show you. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to do both. You show and you say it because when you say it, you believe it even more. Worship is the same way. We remember what the Lord has done. We remember who the Lord is. We never forget who the Lord is and what he has done. And we respond in adoration. And when we worship, we believe it even more. C.S. Lewis then would say that in worship, God imparts himself to us even more. Question. How is the worshiping of God to you these days? Maybe, just maybe, if you are struggling in worshiping God, it's because you're not stopping to remember. To remember what God has done and who he is. In the midst of changing times, we must stop to remember. Outcome number two, we must remember and not forget because that is the only way that you can rest. Verse 7 again, then they will put their trust in God. Remember I said that the word trust can also be translated as rest? Actually, I want to make an argument that whenever you find the word trust in the Bible, it's always a synonym of the word rest. And when you find the word rest in the Bible, it's always a synonym of the word trust. What is interesting about this word trust or rest, is that it's a picture word. It's not one of those things that you just hear the concept and then you believe it. It's one of those concepts that you must imagine what that looks like in order for you to embrace it. So when I was thinking about this, I remember this one situation, just, just to give you the, the picture of what resting and trusting looks like. Um, from ages 13 to 17, I lived in Ecuador. Um, and it was my mom, my brother, my sister, and I, and we lived there for four, almost five years, right? And, and we lived in this house that had three different floors. And there, one of the things that I remember about Ecuador, well, two things. One is that it's beautiful. If you've never been there, you should go there. And number two, not to live, just to visit and come back. Uh, but then the number two I remember is this, that in, in Ecuador, there, there are earthquakes all the time. All the time. So there was this time in which my mom and my brother, uh, my mom, my brother, and I were in the first floor, and my sister was in the third floor. At that time, she is like five or six. I'm the oldest in the family, so I think that I developed this kind of protection fatherly thing in my family. 
And I remember that we were there, and then the, the earth started to shake, and my first reaction was like, where is Andrea? And I run upstairs. Now remember, this is a five or six-year-old girl. And as I'm running upstairs, I see her coming out of the room. And out of nowhere, I see this five-year-old Latina version of Wonder Woman jumping out to me, like eight steps down. And she jumps down and he does this. That's what trusting looks like. Is you letting yourself go in such a way that you cling to God like if there's no tomorrow. Do you know why you need to remember? Because when we remember and when we never forget, that's what drives us to trust him more and to rest in him more. Just look into your history. Trace the evidences of God's grace. Trace the, trace the evidences of God's love. And remember how faithful he has been. And then let yourself go. There is no reason. Can you say no reason? There is no reason why we cannot trust God. Just look back. And the fact that you're here is an evidence of his grace. Why wouldn't you trust him? Question. How's your resting in God these days? Maybe, maybe, just maybe. You're not taking the time to remember. Maybe, 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 just maybe. You are quick to forget. In the midst of changing times, the best thing that you could do for your soul is to remember. Outcome number three, we need to remember and we cannot afford to forget because that's the only way we get to surrender. Verse seven, not, do not forget that his deeds, but will keep his commands. The word they're keeping the commands has to do with obedience. And the reason why I'm using the word surrender instead of obedience is because obedience, at the end of the day, is you surrendering your will for God's will. It's you surrendering everything to the Lord so you do his will. Now, the principle is the same. If you go back to your history, if you trace uh, back the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God, if you look back and see everything that the Lord has done, if you go back and pay attention how faithful the Lord has been, there is no reason why we should doubt that the best thing we can do is to surrender our will to him. You know that sometimes in modern Christianity, I say modern Christianity because that's not a biblical Christianity. Modern Christianity tends to think that when the Lord asks you to do something, it's because he wants, you, he wants your life to be miserable. You know, God tells you something because he wants to take joy from you. But it's completely the opposite. It's because God loves you that he asks you to surrender your will. It is because the Lord loves you that he's going to ask you to obey him. Check this out. The most loving thing that God can do for you is to not let you be. 
You know, that's a, that's a common phrase, especially among teenagers. I have two of them. They don't say it, but I know they thought about it. Let me be. If I do that, that will be the most unloving thing. I'm so glad the Lord doesn't let me be. I am my worst weapon of destruction. You are the worst weapon of your destruction. Remember, do not forget. Because when you remember and you don't forget, it is much easier to surrender your will. Question, how is your obedience these days? Maybe, maybe, just maybe. You're quick to forget. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. You haven't taken the time to remember. Outcome number four. We need to remember and not forget. Because that is the only way you persevere. Look at here, verse 8. They will not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God. Whose spirits were not faithful to him. Notice that verse 8 says that when we forget, we are rebellious and stubborn. We are unfaithful when we forget. When we remember, the opposite is true. We become faithful and we remain loyal. Why? Here. Look back into your history. Look back into 2020. And you would see that the Lord kept you till today. If God was faithful there, what makes you think that he is not going to be faithful there? And if he was faithful there and, you're gonna, and he's going to be faithful there, why would we ever give up? Persevere. The Lord knows what he's doing. Listen, I'm not the pessimistic type. That's not my personality. Actually, I think that I struggle because I have a hard time admitting when things go wrong. But I don't know what 2021 has for us. But it doesn't matter. Because we know who God is and what he has done. If you trace God's record, it's impeccable. It's spotless. It is perfect. He is the God of our past, and he will be the God of our future. Remember and don't forget. Because that will be the only way that we step into 2021, worshiping, resting, obeying, and persevering. Now, all that stuff is good, but I have one more thing that I have to share. The thing that you cannot afford to ever, ever, ever forget, which is the thing that I think the Israelites forgot really often. Point number three, the primary motivation for remembering. This is why they forgot, oftentimes, that God was their redeemer. Look at verse, actually, the text is going to show you that the Israelites did good when they remembered that God was their redeemer. In verse 35, it says, uh, they remembered that God was the rock and God the most high was their redeemer. And then it tells you in verse 38 what a redeemer, what the word redeemer means. Meaning that God was willing to extend mercy to them, not give them what they deserve. That God was willing to forgive their iniquities. That God would not destroy them and that God did not give his full wrath to them. 
A person, God as a redeemer, will be someone that will rescue you, purchase your salvation, purchase your freedom, and set you free by doing all of that. Church, how do you read that verse without thinking of Jesus? The New Testament tells us that he is the ultimate redeemer. If the Israelites were transformed by having this concept of God as a redeemer, and they did not know what it caused God to be a redeemer, can you imagine us, for us as Christians, New Testament Christians, can you imagine what our life would be like if, if we actually embrace this thing that Jesus is our redeemer? See, we know something that they didn't know. We know that our redeemer loved us so much that we'll go to the cross to receive the punishment we deserve. That's mercy. See, we know that our Redeemer goes to the cross to die for our iniquity so we could be forgiven. They didn't know that. See, we know that our Redeemer takes our place so we, we don't have to be destroyed, and instead, He is destroyed. See, we know that our Redeemer does not, that our Redeemer on the cross receives the full wrath of God. So we don't have to. If the Israelites were able to change when they saw God as a redeemer, don't you think that we got to be able to change when we see him as a redeemer? Remember, don't forget. Now, this is what I want to do for the next four minutes. I want us to practice what it means to remember. So for those of you that are here, for those of you that are worshiping at home, I want to walk you through kind of an exercise that we learn how to remember and not forget. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read some of the sentences that I wrote for me before, and I'll leave it to you, and I want you to exercise the discipline of remembering. So if you're not a Christian, please feel free not to do it. Just here, right? If you're a believer, please do it with me. Can you bow your head, please? I fear when I forget that God is powerful. Can you think how God was powerful in 2020 in your life? I'm anxious when I forget that God is sovereign. Can you go back to 2020 and remember how the Lord was in control of everything? I worry when I forget that God is wise. Can you go back to 2020 and remember how God displayed his wisdom? I want control when I forget that works providentially. Can you go back to 2020 and remember how God worked together all good things for you? I try to escape when I forget that God works in and through suffering. Can you go back to 2020 and remember how God used suffering for your benefit? I resent when I forget that God is timely. Can you think of a time in 2020 in which God was just on time 
I seek vengeance when I forget that God is just. Can you think of a time in which God defended you? I complain when I forget that God is good. Can you think how in 2020 there's, there was evidences of his goodness? I fight when I forget that God is my fortress. Can you see how in 2020 he was your protection? I seek for attention when I forget that he sees me. Can you think of a time in 2020 that you knew that he was looking at you and cared for you? I get angry when I forget that he cares. Can you see how in 2020 he cared for you? I get exhausted when I forget that he's my rest. Can you think of a time in which you found rest in him? I struggle and I sin when I forget that he's God. Can you think of a time in which God clearly showed you that he is God, that he is good? that he is powerful and that he's always present. Now let me pray for us. Lord, this simple exercise of remembering this discipline of not forgetting is truly what our heart needs And it's truly what is required for us to encounter a changeable future. I pray, Lord, that by the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you help us remember. You help us remember you. That you help us remember what you have done and who you are that we may have full confidence that the only reason why we need to remember you is because you remembered us first. That's the reason why Jesus came. That's the reason why he lived, died, and resurrected. Because you remembered us first. As we enter 2021, help us worship, rest, obey, and persevere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church says, Amen. You stand. Let's sing together of God's, God's faithfulness.
faithful promises and time and time again you have proven you do just what you say though the storms may come and the winds may blow I'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come to Say, say, my praise, your name. 
When we think of Jesus as our Redeemer, those two songs made it completely clear that that is true. He is faithful, he will remain faithful, and he would always be faithful. And because of that, I want to pray over you the blessing that we find in Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And the church says, thanks for coming. We love you. See you guys next year. Church, you are sent.